Welcome to the In The Scope podcast, where you read and hear new perspectives in the scope of different lenses. I am your host, Joshua M. Hicks, senior writer of War Media. Make sure to subscribe to War on Anchor, the home of the In The Scope podcast, on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the TuneIn app. And follow me on social media at that guy Josh Hicks on Instagram and jhicks042 on Twitter. Also, make sure to check out the War Media site at weareregalradio.com to get all the hottest and latest content on all things sports. Again, this is Joshua M. Hicks, and welcome to the In The Scope podcast. Hope you enjoy the show. time it is it's the endoscope podcast with your boy joshua m hicks senior writer for war media and normally you know me i'm an nba guy we'll talk we normally talk about basketball but we got to switch things up a little bit because there is an nfl season going on right now and we got the hometown bears that's supposedly really doing their thing right now sitting on sitting on the top of the nfc north five and one and i got a perfect guy to talk about it because this dude actually used to play for the bears He's a former defensive end, and on top of that, he's a Bears analyst for Fox 32 News here in the Shy. I got to everybody give it up for my boy, Corey Wooten. Corey, what's up, man? You what's up, good? boss? I see you bringing the energy tonight, you know? It's been a long day, but my man still brings the energy. Uh, hey, I got to, man, because hey. it's a Thursday night. We about to, It's about to be Friday. You yeah. know, it's the last day of the week. There you go. Weekend kicks for sure, in. right? Exactly. And, and on top of that, Bears got a Monday night game. I mean, come on exactly. now. Yeah. You got to get lit for that. You got to get lit for that. Can't get any better than that, especially against the Rams. You know, the Rams have been playing well. The Bears have been playing well. I, well, I'll take that back. I, I I wouldn't say well, but they've been winning games, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll, that, we'll get in touch with – we'll talk about that Yeah, but, sure. a, but, a win, but a win's a win, right? Yeah, most definitely. Five most and one's a great way to start. You know, if, if you would have told me that. Um, you know, in the preseason, there wasn't even any preseason, but when they were practicing, they would start five and one. I was saying, nah, I don't know. I wouldn't have thought that, you know, I thought maybe they would have split the games, you know, maybe three and three or something like that at this point, just because of the offense. But yeah, it's good to see them be five and one. I mean, you can't complain about that. Most definitely, man. Like you said, a win is a win. And we'll just dive right in, dive right in, right on in with that because, you know, Bears have had some ups and downs um, yep. throughout the season. But yet they're getting the job done. Like, what do you believe is the real reason for them getting the job done? Even though we know things are still sketchy over there. Like, you can't fully rely yeah. on everything that the Bears are doing. So, what's what do you think is the key for them uh, keeping this uh this positive win streak going right now? Monsters in the midway defense. It starts with the defense, right? And and especially the past two weeks, you know, two big games, two big wins where the offense was kind of subpar and. Um, you know, the, the defense really stepped up big and, and, and got the dub. So it was good to see that. But, you know, I think offensively when as the game goes on, you know, especially in the fourth quarter, Foles, since he's been the, the starter, hasn't turned the ball over. And that's the key with offense. We talk about, hey, their numbers haven't been great. 
But when you don't turn the ball over, especially when the game is on the line in that fourth quarter and the defense is making takeaways like they have been the past two weeks, it's going to make everything that much better. But obviously, offensively, they need more production. You know, when Nick Foles came in in that Atlanta game, you know, I, I do the broadcasting with Gabe Ramirez of, of B96. And I told him, I said, wow, she's going to ball. And in that game, he threw three, three touchdowns. Um, really should have been five, you know, with the Allen Robinson uh, interception. That that should have been a touchdown. And then um, Anthony Miller dropped one in the end zone. So he should have thrown five touchdowns in a quarter and a half. And I'm like, oh, okay. Next game, I thought he was going to come out, you know, guns blazing, ready to go. And we just didn't see that, you know. And it's 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 been the same thing the past three weeks after that. We haven't seen the Nick Foles that I, I thought the Super Bowl winning Nick Foles and the Fol Nick Foles that was under Chip Kelly, you know, when, when they ran that quick tempo office, we just haven't seen them. Yeah, let's go more in depth with that because of the, of the fact that the Bears are, you know, when they, like you mentioned, they switched from Mitch. I think they, re they finally realized that Mitch is the bust right now. So because of that, they switched over to Nick Foles, but I actually view Nick Foles as a more um, stabilized Mitch Trubisky. Like, it's kind of, I know, I know it might sound a little crazy because dude won a Super Bowl and he's the MVP of that Super Bowl and he did show out against Tom Brady, just like he did last week on Thursday or a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago Thursday night when he played against Tampa, uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I don't want to compare him to an Eli Manning, but it's, I feel, but I feel like, you know, he, he's one of those people that got Tom Brady's card. You know, Tom, when he played against Tom Brady, yep. he gets the upper, upper hand of the wins. And then yeah. after that, you see Nick Foles just beat Nick Foles. You know, it's, exactly. it's not the same. So, yeah. what, like, am I wrong for having that type of analysis? Well, I, no, I, I, I think, I think it's just, it's, it's a tough thing because I think Nick Foles over his career, we've seen a lot of up and down, right? We've seen in Philly early on under Chip Kelly do really well, right? And then he changed schemes and signed a big deal with St. Louis Rams and really struggled there. And then, you know, he's kind of a backup. And then Doug Peterson brings him to back up Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz goes down with an ACL. He comes in and balls out. So I, I was very surprised because those systems, right, the Chip Kelly system, the Doug Peterson system, he does really well under those QB-friendly systems. And Matt Nagy, being an Andy Reid disciple, I mean, is basically along those same lines. You know, Nick Foles came from Kansas City under Andy Reid and Matt, Matt Nagy. So I kind of thought, he come in with a smooth transition, especially, like I said, after he started that Atlanta game, when he came in for Trubisky, like offense was moving down the field. They're making throws back shoulder. I'm like, OK, let's go. And and then I told Gabe, I'm like, watch a week under his belt with him calling the plays, being on the same page with receivers. I was going to throw five touchdowns. And he comes out and like doesn't. I'm like, oh, OK. I was very surprised on that. And I think some of it definitely has to do with the play calling because Matt Nagy, he's he gets he tries to get too cute at times. And you look at a lot of these teams that have success passing the ball. It starts with a run. And they got a great running back in, in, in Montgomery. I know Cohen's been hurt, obviously. Uh, he goes out with the ACL. But Montgomery, they don't give him the, the rock enough. In the first half, they give him the ball seven times, 13 yards. That's you, you play such great defense, you have to run the football. And I think that's the recipe for success. And, and there's only very few, there's very few quarterbacks that can just strictly pass the ball without a running game. You know, Aaron Rodgers was one of them for years, you know, Green Bay, even when he won the Super Bowl, they didn't even have a running back at that point in time. Their old line was suspect, but there are very few quarterbacks that can really put the team on their back and just pass the ball without a running game. So they have to get the running game started. 
one thing I also think they need to do is get my man a Rob, old fashioned Rob, this yeah. contract. Cause my man yeah. has been holding it down yeah. for Nick Foles and Mitch in the beginning of this season. And why, why are the Bears so cheap? Like, why can't they just give the man his bread? I mean, he's literally been the number one option for this team and really kept this team afloat because outside of that, you can't really trust the other guys at this moment. So like, why not? Like, why not yeah. take care of my mans? No, I, I think you got to pay him, especially, um, you know, I, I get it at first. They were kind of a little worried about him coming off an ACL injury and whatnot and, and how he's going to perform. Um, but he's performed beyond that. He showed that that he's back. He has the explosion. He, he hasn't skipped a beat since that Pro Bowl season that he had in Jacksonville where he had almost 1,400 yards. I mean, he's an absolute beast. Um, you know, at, at times this year he's had a couple drops where you're like, ah, but I mean, every great receiver has some drops. I think Larry Fitzgerald is like one of the only guys that doesn't have many drops like that. But um, you got to pay him. I mean, he's a six-four receiver that can run, that can go up and get the ball. Um, he's only 27, 28 years old, so he's still young. Um, he showed he's rebounded from the injury. Like I, I don't, I don't see what the what the issue is. So hopefully, after the season or before the season's over, especially if if they end up, you know, being at the top of the NFC North, making the playoffs, maybe they'll they'll reward him going into the playoff season if that's the case. But dare I also say and bring up this option? Do you go out and get another wide receiver to pair with him, like an Antonio Brown? Do you Whew. do you? Because I mean, it, it's almost week eight. The suspension yep. is almost over. Yep. It's been reported he's been getting himself together. So, yep. do you take a gamble, give him a nice little veteran minimum, veteran you know, veteran minimum type of contract, get, see if he can prove himself, and and if he brings that talent, that's that's a nasty co- wide receiver combination. You're talking about with Allen Robinson and AB yeah. on the other side. Yeah, I mean, uh, the thing is, I, w- I would treat it like the Patriots do, right? They they take all the people that have been in trouble that, you know, don't fit systems. this, that. And they say like this, listen, this is how it's going to be here. And if you don't do it the way we want to, you'll be out. So as long as, long as they give him a short leash, why not take a chance on him? I mean, the team is rolling. You could, you, you could always use another receiver as long as he's not a distraction. The minute he becomes a distraction, but that's, that's what team's concerns are. Well, he's going to be okay at first, but if he doesn't get the ball, if he doesn't this, he's going to start, posting on social media, dogging us, going out, doing this stuff. So I think it is a high risk, but it would be a very high reward bringing in a guy like that. But I don't know. The Bears, they might not want to stand for a guy and what Antonio Brown has has been through or done and and whatnot. But, you know, everybody deserves chances. But it's it's a matter when you're when you're a better player, when when you're a Pro Bowl, Hall of Fame type player you know, you, you, you'll get more of a rain than, than other people. So. Well, if they don't go after him, they might have to go after somebody in free agency to help this offense. Cause like you mentioned before, Tariq Cohen's out. That was like your bad. That was your special teams burner. That was your, your backup option on the running back side. If you need some quick speed, if you need someone to be in the open field, like he was your guy that covered all those angles and now he's gone for the rest of the year. You, you already got like a slashing running back in David Montgomery, yep. but it's not like he was Josh Howard, you know, coming in and picking, eating up yards like crazy. He's not that type of running back. So mm-hmm. if you're not already going to rely on him for most of your offers, like you mentioned, how in the world are you going to utilize, if you're not going to utilize Montgomery, who do you want to replace him? Who's going to be that Tariq Cohen guy? Yeah, I, like that, that is a good question. Um, 
you know, I think they're with with the Bears. I think they're trying to be loyal to the people that they have, like David Montgomery. They draft them for a reason, and I think he is a talented back. I think he doesn't get enough credit because he doesn't get the ball enough. But in the games where they've really made a commitment, giving him the ball, you know, 23, 24 plus times, he's really shown that he can, you know, extend drives, you know, make, make situations more favorable for the quarterback. But like I said, it's been too much pass dominant and not enough balance in, in the running game. And, you know, with such a great defense, that's what I have a hard time grasping is like your defense is balling, like control the clock. And, you know, I don't know if you if you got a chance to watch the end of the Bears game last week. And, you know, it's it's third and two. Um, I think there's a minute 44 left. Carolina has one timeout, right? Third and two. You think, run the rock, right? It's a no-brainer. You don't get the first. You know, the clock's – they got to take a timeout. They have their last timeout. You punt the ball, right? Or you get the first down. They have to burn their timeout games over either way. And they throw a passing play on third and two. And I'm, it makes me want to pull my, my hair out because I'm like – what, where, where does it say that? Where, where does the book say that? It doesn't say that. And it's another thing of Matt Nagy trying to get too cute, right? And it ended up working out because the defense stepped up huge. They got a turnover. But that's a play that, that should have been, you know, a first down for the Bears or make Carolina take a timeout, kick it, play the field position, and you have a great defense. I, I just didn't get that. I didn't get it either. And I, and I know exactly the play that you're talking about. I just asked you to pull your hair because you got some really, you got that super sexy curly hair. So I don't need you to mess that hairstyle up, bro. You need to keep that hairstyle intact. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but yeah, I don't, I don't get it either. And that's always been a question of, you know, Nagy coming into this season. Obviously, yeah. we, fo- we focused on the offensive side of things and how the offense has been really inconsistent. And yeah. they always say that Matt Nagy is this offensive genius. He's just He's the quarter. He's like another quarterback whisperer per se, because he's made it work with Mitch Trubisky before. Right. He can make it work with Nick Foles, and yet we see the inconsistencies. Is this time for us as Chicago sports, uh, you know, sportscasters, analysts of the game, and even Chicago fans, to really put Nagy on the hot seat if this offense really does becomes inconsistent, continues to be inconsistent for the rest of this year? Like, it, do we have to put him on the hot seat to make him accountable for these type of decisions that you talked about? Yeah, I, I definitely think we do, but I think when you're five and one, nobody's really going to criticize it. You know, if they're one and five, then they be then they be calling for him to get relieve uh, play calling duties and stuff like that. But listen, I think people and, and I kind of thought this too. Matt Nagy was offensive coordinator in in uh, Kansas City, right? But the thing is, Andy Reid was calling the plays, so Andy Reid was really the offensive coordinator. So that title really wasn't what Matt Nagy was doing, right? He, I think he called one or two games or something like that. But his role was mostly working with the quarterbacks, working with the offense here and there, but he wasn't calling the plays. So, you know, this has been a new experience for him. And think about calling the plays, being a head coach, worrying about what the defense is doing, the special teams, navigating everything over the game. And sometimes it's just so hard for people to do that. And I know Lovey did it for a little bit when when he had coached me and even before he had, he had called the plays, and after a while, I think he was like, you know, I can't do it anymore because it became too much. And it's it's hard as a head coach, and I wish he would just step back and be like, okay, he can work with the offensive coordinator and just have another guy call the plays. And But some sometimes coaches don't want to do that. You know, a lot of these offensive-minded head coaches, it's their show. They want to do it their way. Um, and I would understand if it was working and they were lighting it up, but this has been three years, and we really haven't seen this Bears offense that we thought it could be. So I, I would like to see him, 
maybe give up play calling duties and, and, and see how that goes. And then, you know, do it, do it by case by case basis, maybe give the offensive coordinator three, three games to, to get some calls and, and see how he does with it and see how the bears. But the thing is when you're winning, no, nobody's going to make a change. It's only when you're losing that people make changes. Yeah, that's what that, that, that's true. And it's also when you're winning, when you get to not have to worry about pulling out your hair. Everybody right. listening right now, you're listening to the Bears analyst, Pop Fox 32, Corey Wooten. Corey, let's transition to your favorite side of the ball, which is defense. Um, like you mentioned before, this defense is killer. I mean, you got a nasty front seven dealing with you got Quinn next to Matt, Khalil Mag, and you got guys like Danny Trevathan stepping up. The back and that cornerback safety situation with Eddie Jackson and Kyle Fuller really starting to mesh. I mean, this top 10 deep, this is the top 10 defense that's looking like, that's looking pretty scary. Could you actually say this type of defense was as good as when you were playing or maybe even yeah. like the 06 Super Bowl? Yeah, I, I think so. I think that's what we see. Um, you know, I know, um, you know, their top 10 defense, what, they, what they've been the past couple of years. And I mean, you, you talk about the defensive line, Khalil Mack, you know, one of the one of the best pass rushers to ever play the game. I mean, he's going to go down. I mean, ultimate playmaker, um, you know, Robert Quinn, he's getting up there in years. But I mean, you know, his production as a pass rusher, like I think five or six double digit sack years. Um, but this year, I really haven't seen as much as I thought from him, you know, sack production wise. I kind of thought, you know, there's there'd be a lot of one on one blocks with him with Khalil Mack being there and Akeem Hicks and, you know, some of these other guys stepping up. Mario Edwards has been big, uh, you know, in that rotation. Um, but we, we really haven't seen a lot of production from Quinn except for the first game, um, which is surprising because they brought him in. They paid him a lot of money. Um, I'm just hoping, you know, as the season goes on, you know, he's, he's more productive because it was nice to see two bookends because what we saw last year with Leonard Floyd we saw him play the run really well. We saw him dropping coverage really well, but we didn't see the constant sack production that they thought when they drafted him. Um, but it's been surprising to see, but Hey, they're winning games. The the front seven's playing really well. The rotation they have there, Brent Urban, Mario Edwards, Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, you know, Mingo's come off the bench. Trevathan's looked well. Roquan Smith. I mean, he's been all over the place. I mean, People haven't been talking about him much, but he's like averaging 10 tackles a game. I mean, he's been all over the place, sideline to sideline. And the, and the you know, secondary as well. I mean, some young guys, Jalil Johnson stepping up huge. Um, like you, you mentioned, Kyle Fuller. I mean, it seems like every week he makes a huge play in there. Eddie Jackson, the same thing with the big fumble last week. It's good to see those guys step up. And a guy like Gibson, too, you know, a guy that's kind of been all over in the league. And, and for him to get a chance to step up huge, so... They're really playing great football, and it's great to see, but I hope the offense can match this great defense. Yep, that's, that's the thing. There's, I feel like that's always been like a bear story for the longest was can the offense match up with what the defenses can produce? Because we've always been known to be, you know, we're monsters on the midway, have that type of tenacity on the defensive end. But offensively, we, we always struggle. And I know we already talked about the offensive struggles. And even though this defense is a top 10 defense, Many can argue top five and across the league. What can they improve on? Like, what are the areas that they need to improve on as we continue to approach that almost the halfway point of the season? So I would say, um, you know, before the Tampa Bay game, I would say pressure because we just didn't see con consistent pressure. And I think the past two weeks, especially, we've seen really good pressure from them. And Khalil Mack, I mean, he's been having this coming out party. 
you know, because early on he kind of started a little slow. And then as the season goes, he always starts to starts to start up. And, you know, with Robert Quinn, even though he doesn't have the numbers, it's still another edge presence out there that they still respect. Um, so it's so it's leaving Khalil Mack a lot of times with one on one matchups because it's like pick your poison. Um, so it's been good to see. Um, so, yeah, I think the sack thing was was a big kind of deal for me. Like, OK, are they going to get more pressure? Are they going to get more sacks? And then the past two weeks, especially when they played Tom Brady, that was what kind of won them the game. Khalil Mack's presence out there, kind of the pressure you put on Brady. And that's that's shown the, the recipe for Brady. You look at the Giants those two years when they beat him in the Super Bowl. They pressured him, right? Michael Strahan, O.C. Minora, Justin Tuck, a lot of those guys. When you have a dominant defensive line, that's how you're able to combat these great quarterbacks. Because, hey, if you can't get there with the quick set, you get your hands up. And then you have a little press coverage. It buys them a second, and the rush gets there. So that's what we're seeing in these past two weeks. Hopefully they can keep that momentum, that rushing cover that I've been talking about on the air. So at the former defensive end, I'm going to put you on the spot. Mm-hmm. If you was playing on this team right now, who would be the player you would be the most excited to play with and why? Shoot, out. I, a lot of people probably think I'd say Khalil Mack, but I'd probably say Akeem Hicks. I mean, I've always said that I think he's one of the most underrated defensive linemen in the NFL. I don't think he gets enough respect for what he does. And, hey, the tape doesn't lie. Every week they're talking about him, his presence inside, playing the run, uh, getting pressure, getting sacks, uh, disrupting. He got a fumble uh, th- last week. He does so much for this team. And, you know, if you if you look at it, obviously Khalil Mack, I mean, one of the best players in the league, but Akeem Hicks for me, I feel like he's the engine that that runs that defense because he gets everybody going. And, you know, last year when he was out, it was a big difference missing him. So I think he's he's an underrated player and I would love to play for him with him because of the energy he brings. Yeah, you, you got me on that one because I sure thought you were going to say Khalil because I mean, yeah, Khalil's yeah. a bad dude, but that, that makes sense. That makes sense. And with that knowledge of, you know, you knowing this defense and playing in that type of defense, like we mentioned earlier, they play Monday night, mm-hmm. Monday night football against the Rams. And we know that the Bears normally always show up on prime time. Yep. So with this game, what are the keys for the Bears when it comes to playing against the Rams who have been playing really good as of late? Mm-hmm. So I, I think the past two years, um, the Bears have shown the recipe to stop the Rams offense. Last year, they, they had lost in a tight one. Um, and the year before, I mean, they completely shut them out. I don't know if you remember, it was like a Monday night or Sunday night game two years ago back in, uh, I think it was 2018. And they completely shut them out. I think Jared Goff had like 50 yards. Uh, Todd Gurley at that point in time had 23 yards. And then last year, I mean, you know, Jared Goff really struggled again. I mean, you know, he had an interception in the game, no touchdowns. Um, Todd Gurley kind of had struggled a little bit. Um, you know, he got going a little bit later in the game, but I think the Bears have shown the recipe. You, you stop the run, you put the pressure on Jared Goff, and he struggles. And if they can do that, they've been playing. The, the, the run has been spotty. Run defense has been spotty at times. It's been really good, and then they broke out for a couple runs. If they can really lock down that run, because it's shown in the tape the past two years, they've been able to control that dominant Rams offense. So they got a lot of playmakers offensively. You know, you look at Cooper Cup, uh, Robert Woods, Higby, the tight end is really good. They got a two-headed monster and and Henderson and Brown at running back. 
but really stuff the run, put the pressure on Jared Goff. Because think about it, when Khalil Mack and company are breathing down his neck and Akeem Hicks and all those guys, Jared Goff gets a little nervous. So if they, if they can stop the run and really put the pressure on them, I think they're going to, I think this is a game that they can dominate them defensively. And hey, maybe this will be the offensive coming out party. Maybe it won't, but who knows? Maybe the defense will do so, do so good. Like the like we've seen the course of the season, offensively you just have to not turn it over when the game's on the line. You're not worried about the, the you're not about you're not worried about the maestro Sean McVay, the guy that they're claiming is gonna be like the next Popovich of the NFL. Got the no. whole coaching tree. <laughs> no, the I mean the, the record speaks for itself. The past two years, I think matchups against certain teams, are, you know, do well. Like I talked about before, the Giants against Tom Brady. Same thing the past two years, the Bears against the Rams. They've shown that it's been a tough matchup for the Rams offensively because of this high-powered offense. Oh, they're the best in the league. Oh, they're, they're going to show the Bears that, you know, they're for real. And then the past two years, you know, the past past two games. So I look, I look for the Bears to go big. They're, they're riding the high. They're riding the momentum. And listen, this has been the first time they started 5-1 and one since I played back in 2012, right? This is the first time that they beat five straight NFC uh, opponents since 06, the, the year they made the run to the Super Bowl. So I don't know. This this could be a pretty dang good season. You know, I think, like I said, don't turn the ball over. And and maybe that's the recipe, just like in 06, right, when they made that Rex Grossman, Kyle Orton kind of doing, you know, the quarterback play was okay. You know, at times it was really bad, but the defense really carried them. I'm about to say, man, don't get me too hyped over here. You got me thinking like, okay, I might have to stay on a Sunday night and watch the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. I hey, mean, come on. <laughs> I know, right? That would be so ideal for them. But for this, so you, I'm assuming that you think the Bears are going to win this game. And if so, what, what do you, just give me an idea of what your score might be. I, I think this one is going to be a tight one. I, I want to say about 20, 21 to 14, the Bears win. I think it's a real tight one. Um, like I said, I, I think they're going to put the pressure on Jared Goff. I think this is going to be a sack party for the defense. Um, I think, I think I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to say Robert Quinn has been very quiet, right? And this is his old team right here. You know, last year he was on the Cowboys. Um, year he had spent his whole career with the Rams, right? I think he's going to have his coming out party because I think he's motivated. Um, there's nothing like playing your old team, right? You want to show out. And people are saying, oh, Robert Quinn is not what we thought he was this year. Shoot, this this might be a two or three sack game for him. I'm, I'm calling it, you know. And, hey, put me on the spot. If, if I don't call it right, we would look at the stats. But I, I think this is a game where he's going to he's gonna be a presence, okay. I'm hoping the sack numbers there. But I think when it comes to disruption and quarterback disruption, hits, et cetera, I think he's going to be a factor. All right, man, you know you're coming on my show bringing hot takes. I like it. Yeah. I like it, but we, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> Everybody listening right now, you're listening to Corey Wooden, who is not just a former Bears defensive end and a current Bears analyst for Fox 32, but he's also a co-host of a podcast called The Three Brothers. Corey, yep. talk about how this podcast came into play. Yeah, so everybody knows with the COVID, uh, you know, stuff is is got tough with, with friends connecting because you know at first you couldn't really see people, um, you know I think you you really valued your friendships, relationship with family, and things like that. And and me and two of my childhood friends um, that I've known for over thirty plus years, we grew up right down the street from each other. 
uh, my boys, Jeff and Brian, um, we, we're kind of just like, hey, you know, podcasts are a thing. Hey, let's let's just, uh, you know, start recording and uh, have fun with it, you know, put our twist on it. And we're, we we initially just we're going to start goofing around and, and talking about, you know, whatever, whatever that that week or whatever. And then everything with the George Floyd and Ahmaud Aubrey came up and we we're like, oh, we got to address this. We can't just start a podcast goofing around and we really got to address these issues. And, you know, we, we talked about it. Um, you know, we talked about, you know, Black Lives Matter and kind of the misconceptions that a lot of people have because, you know, we grew up in a, in a majority white town and, you know, some of the people we grew up might have felt a certain way about this and that. And after listening to our podcast, they were like, hey, you know, you, you kind of educated us on stuff we didn't under, understand and this, that and the other. And that's what we want to do. We want to talk about it from our personal opinions. And we wanted to educate people because I think education is key. And usually people hear say from this source or that source. And we were just spitting the straight facts of everything that was going on. And, you know, some people that I, I really didn't expect to hit us up were like, hey, you know, I never really thought about it from that way. That was great. To, to hear that and great to see you guys talk about that. And it really changed my views on this, that, and the other. And, you know, we had like three episodes um, kind of in reaction to that. And we had uh, my co-host Brian's uh, cousin, who was, is the leader down in the Black Lives Matter movement in Miami, um, talking about his experience because he was on the front lines of everything. So those were our kind of first three episodes. And I mean, it really, we got so many more listens and, and downloads than we thought and, uh, you know, people were telling us how much they enjoyed it. And even the stuff we do now, you know, when it's a little bit more loose and, and laid back and we're just having fun. You know, I think, you know, we just thought, hey, let's let's find a way to connect, uh, be goofy. And, you know, hey, if people like it, great. If not, we're just having fun and, and connecting with each other. No, nah, y'all be good. Y'all y'all producing some really good content. Um, so I, def I definitely be listening. It's a great podcast. Everybody needs to come out and subscribe to the three brothers podcast we can i assume you can get it on all uh podcast platforms yep all, all podcast uh platforms uh you know our most downloaded usually are spotify and apple music um it's on it's on the google music uh you know is that i believe that's right right the google platform yeah google yeah 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 it's, it's on it's on every major major uh platform out there so you tune in you know let us know what you think subscribe like you said comment uh let us know your thoughts. We always love the feedback. And uh, yeah, we have fun with it. Most definitely. Everybody needs to go and hit that subscribe button and follow some good content. And also you need to continue to subscribe to War Media because we got a lot of good stuff that comes out, especially with the NFL going on right now. We still got our Running With War podcast covering NBA and all basketball talk. We're doing a lot of good stuff too, just like my brother Corey is. What's next for you? What's next for you, man? I mean, you're already doing a lot. You're an analyst on TV. You're a father and a husband. You yep. are a workout freak. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I try, I try to get it a little bit. Um, yeah, man, I, I think a lot of people don't know is, is I'm a big real estate investor. So I got I got a bunch of rentals up out here in, in St. Louis and I do flips and I really like the flexibility of it. I, I like being able to be home and, and kick it with the wife and kids and be able to travel when we want to. And I'm all about flexibility. You know, I, I grinded my, my you know what off you know, the NFL and, and, and made a good amount of money. And, and now I'm, I'm trying to invest it, you know, make it grow and, and just continue building for our family. So that's, that, that's what I've been doing and I'm enjoying it. That's good, man. That's good. A family man that takes care of his family, live, but lives life to the fullest. That's the only, that's the only way to go. That's how you got to do it, man. You only yeah. got one life to live. Life is precious. Life is short. 
got to enjoy it. Enjoy family, enjoy friends, enjoy the times together. And it's the memories. Uh, you know, I, I don't think anybody, uh, you know, at the end of their life is like, oh, man, I wish I could have made more money. Or I wish I could have done this. It's the experience they had with their family, you know, that, that really matters. So. No, that's real. We, pre we appreciate you coming on the show, man. Where, tell us where everybody can follow you on your social media. Yep. So on social media, on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, it's at Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, uh, last name W-O-O-T-T-O-N. Um, so you can find me on there, follow me, you know, I make goofy videos, workout wise, promote the Three Brothers podcast and stuff I do on Fox. So your stuff with my daughters, you know, my daughter can do 10 legit push-ups, and she's only five. She does better than most of y'all out there. So I'm going to put y'all on game. <laughs> uh, slacking with these push-up challenges. I see them out there. My daughter does chest-to-the-ground push-ups. Let's go. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> I feel that. That's dope. That's dope. Real briefly, real briefly, I got I to gotta ask you this, because obviously it was a huge thing, especially when we're talking about protecting Black women. And, uh, you know, we got, um, and, and, and especially when Kobe died, like the, the unfortunate death of Kobe, Gigi, you know, life as a girl dad, like talk about how cool it is for you to be a girl dad. It's a lot of fun. I mean, um, you know, especially, um, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up, uh, I had a sister that was my only sibling, so it was awesome having a sister but having daughters i mean it's unbelievable um everyone asks you know do you wish you had boys and i'm like no nah, I, I love having girls they're really sweet and caring and loving and i i couldn't imagine it any other way and and you know since i've retired from the nfl like i, I retired after i had my oldest because i really put things in perspective it, it made me want to be around them and i never realized like how much time the nfl and, and everything took away time for your family and, you know, I could have continued playing and, and kept going. And, and I was just like, you know what, I'm, I'm done with this. And it really made me value what's important in the family and, and being around my daughters. And, you know, I just I just remember holding my daughter for the first time. And it just it just changed my perspective on everything. And uh, I think that's ultimately why I ended up retiring when I did. Because everyone's like, oh, you're only 29. And I'm like, it, for me, it just, it just wasn't worth it. And, um, you know, just looking at my daughter, I'm like, I want to be around for a long time. I want to have everything up there uh, being fine. And, you know, I think a concussion really um, scared me seeing that movie and, and just seeing some of the effects, these former players, they couldn't help themselves. And I'm like, especially a former bear, Dave Dorson um, ended his own life. And it's just very sad to see a lot of guys struggling. And, you know, there's been some people I've played with that have struggled and ended their life. And it's, it's unfortunate to see. And I just didn't want to be that guy because I've had some injuries, but never, brain issues like that so I wanted to walk away when I did because in football you're always one hit away from being affected for the rest of your life whether that's a, a serious medical injury um, play with a guy Johnny Knox that you know affected the course of his life you know he's, he's still not not the same and it's unfortunate to see and you know Jim McMahon who played for the Bears I mean there's so many different examples we could talk about but I didn't want to be one of those guys and and fortunate to, to walk away on my own terms and uh you know be, be done with it the way i wanted to well that i mean that's why they say the nfl stands for not for long right yeah it's, it's 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 a real thing and not, not only if you experienced it but in a more positive way i mean you yep. got even you even got some bears experience right now mitch might be mitch might be out the door after this year they didn't renew that contract yeah so, I, I think so i mean the patriots rumored to uh, have been expressing interest in them so 
I guess really? we'll see, right? So Patriots want Mitch? Yeah, I mean, listen, everybody that goes through the Patriots system seems like they do really well. Okay, okay. That that's a new one. I didn't hear that. So that's a yeah. new one. Yep. Okay. So I that's, guess we'll see. That that would be interesting, especially if they keep Cam. Yep. You have Mitch as a backup to Cam Newton. That's gonna be really interesting. Yeah, but I mean Cam is only on a one year deal, right? That's so true. I guess we'll see. You know, yeah, there's only one way to find out. That exactly. being said, though, everybody tuning in, you can listen and follow me on Instagram at that guy Josh Hicks on Twitter at jhicks 42 and from and look for more special guests like this brother right here to come on and give more flavor to your ears as we go in the scope with different lenses on all topics, especially sports related and special ones like being girl dads. Even oh, though yeah. I'm not a dad and I do not have plan on having kids. Are you making an announcement? Are you telling us something? I'm, I'm telling you that. Okay. I'm telling. I'm, I'm just telling you. Are oh, right you telling now us that, that you're? You expect? No. 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 <laughs> no. No. I, I'm, I'm scoop, chilling. scoop, get your mans. <laughs> Shout out to Scoop B, Brandon Scoop B Robinson. He was just on my podcast last week. So, yeah, it, it's amazing how New Jersey, B, New Jersey, Don Bosco prep, baby. Yep, it's all y'all out here. So, I, I feel you, but now nah, I'm gonna stay off that. I'm gonna stay on this single lane for a little bit. Okay, there before we go. I even get to that to that point. So, there I you applaud go. you, sir, for going Thank to proper you. channels and you know, living your life and, and developing the family properly. Thank we you, appreciate bro. that, and I appreciate you coming on my show. No problem talk to, at all. Talk to Bears and all things NFL, man. You, you know, you know, I got to bring it back. You know, I got to bring yeah. it back. It's, it's oh, all yeah. love and family over here, so I got to bring yeah. you back, man. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. You continue to be safe out here during the pandemic. Say what's up to your family for me. Yeah, we'll do, bro. And keep doing your thing, man. Take it easy, man. Yes, all sir. Right, all right. Bro.